Hello and welcome to ROI Relevant or Irrelevant, the radio show where events of history are examined through the discussion of books, journal articles, papers, and presentations. Then historians and history buffs ask the question, what is relevant or irrelevant in today's world? My name is Jay Swords. And my name is John Keeley. This is the podcast segment of the show that is not broadcast on station KALA. Our guest for today's 371st show is Tom Law, farmer and owner of Dead Poets Coffee Shop, who will be talking to us about COVID-19 virus and the disruption of the American food system. Uh, History buff for today's show is Ed Broders. Ed, the floor is yours. Thanks, John. Um, Tom, I've uh, we've discussed uh, the problems with the uh, lack of competition and concentration of power in the hog industry. Um, I've just handed you the magic wand. Okay, <laughs> how would you how would you change this? Well, um, you know, we talked about the SCC earlier. And <laughs> And we just we just get no action from these people. They're, we're going to take a look at it. We're going to take a look at it. Well, it ends up that nothing gets done. And um, I'm not really so concerned about uh, the Packer concentration. Uh, it, and we talked before, it's very tough to run a packing plant. Um, Smithfield grew through acquisition. Um, and for the most part, Tyson, Smithfield, JBS, they do a good job of these things, but it's just a really tough business. Uh, I would like somebody else to enter the arena, but frankly, I don't think anybody else wants to. Well, and isn't part, isn't part of the problem with enforcing, uh, the antitrust laws, the Packers, Packers and Stockyards Act is that these plants have gotten so big that it's not like you've got a company that owns, let's just say 50 plants and you can split the, and you can split the company up into two, into two entities. These plants are so big. um, Isn't that part of the problem? Well, it is. And they got big because it's, it's tough to site a new plant. And for the most part, these plants run on very thin margins. And maybe they're getting even here at this point in time because of these cutouts and and the way things are, you know, the current situation. I did ask my field man yesterday. I quizzed him a little bit, and I, I, I asked him, how, how are your contracts with a, a particular packer going right now? And he just kind of very – give you the eyebrow and he says the contracts are virtually non-existent right now. Everybody's just scrambling to get hogs slaughtered. So we're in an area right now that really lacks definition. And there are from the producer side, you really, you really don't can't raise enough pigs to go into these huge plants and, and have any leverage. Um, and that's one of the reasons I got out of that part of it. I mean, I was that hundred South fairly finished guy. I sold the Packers and, um, but in 99, when the crash hit, I just decided I'm not going to work for nothing and I'm not going to take this. So I just got out of it. And and I think, 
Yeah, at least with contract production. The, go ahead. Uh, yeah, well, I think it. I, I think it needs to be pointed out that when that happened, our lowest cost producers were people like you, that had a hundred to hundred and twenty-five sows. I saw this uh, on a Nebraska study, on a Missouri study. Um, Iowa State conveniently chose not to do that. But what happened there was we drove the least cost producers out of business. It was pe- and it was people like you. Okay. Um, and it and it strikes me that there's just even at that point there was something inherently wrong. And and well, yeah. okay. And not, as as you point out, people talked about it, um, but nothing ever happened. Right. It's uh, and and there have been initiatives to get um, farmers together to, you know, to co-op and so on and so forth, but that's also a very difficult thing to have have happen. If you a member of a co-op, you, you understand that, uh, you know, they, the co-op was usually the competition everybody else went against, and um, but they want to keep everybody in business, and, well, now it's shaking... It's shaken down to, as far as I know, in the crop business, it's pretty much, you know, liquid grow and river valley. So it, it, it came down to two outlets anyway, didn't it? So. All right. I'm going to switch from um, Ed's uh, magic wand to the crystal ball, which don't worry about it. As I said, historians are horrible fortune tellers. So you give your forecast <laughs> and it's wrong, it would fall in line with everything else on the show. But, um, I mean, I was raised on a hog farm, and my dad's system was very much like yours. He got out in um, 83 because of uh, uh, bloody scours. Disease drove him out. But Mm -hmm. what do you foresee uh, in the future for you guys? Because when I look at pork, I also look at oil in the same, I hate to say it, they're on the same table. The surplus is mind-boggling how much is out there. So where do you think it's turning? I think we will get back to our steady production, um, and it may take it may take a year to get back to the new normal. Because, like I said, these plants come, when they come back, they're only going to be doing eighty-five percent of what they did before. There's going to we're going to have to re- reduce the sow herd unless somebody jumps in here and buys a whole lot more pork. Um, but I do, I do think the system we have is is good. I would like to see more producer-owned. Um, I don't know if we can actually get producers together to do a packing plan or not, but somehow retain ownership through the retail stage, you know. And, and essentially, what happens in agriculture if you don't have some ownership, you're you're probably not going to survive. So that, that that part of it may change. Uh, I, you know, that's that's where your crystal ball comes in. But uh, it won't be a watershed moment like we've like we did in '99. There will there's enough infrastructure out there now that the the hog business will continue. And these are quality animals, and it's a it's a quality product. Okay, um, Tom, I'm just interested. We've had people over the years come on uh, this show and, and argue that, that production levels 
across the board, regardless of what you're talking about, have been overinflated. Um, that that you had production levels that were that were always too high, in the interests of keeping uh, grocery stores you know, the, the low, product yeah. yeah low, keeping prices low and so forth and so mm-hmm. on, and that they were supported by government um, or uh, programs and so forth and so on. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm wondering, do you see as one of the aftermaths of this? that maybe production across the board will be scaled back some, maybe by necessity, maybe by the need to spread out um, the the number of workers in plants on a permanent basis, maybe, you know, whatever. I, I just wonder if you see one of the outcomes being that things are going to, that production across the board may scale back, and, and that may translate into better, into to, to higher prices at the grocery store, but it may also be, more sustainable ultimately do, do you think that could be a possibility or do you think the effort is going to be to get back to where we were as quickly as possible well i don't think we're looking at an increase in prices in grocery stores we may if we don't reestablish this china market we don't have any markets for these pigs anyway so i do think you have to let supply and demand work here, and I, I think we have to cut back the sow herd. Uh, the one thing I want to be really cautious of in the hog business, I let's see, I'm about 70 now. I've, I've been in certainly making a living here at 45 years plus. I received one check from the federal government for hog production, and that was in 99 when across the board, uh, and let's call this for what it is. This taxpayer money go, went out to every producer that produced like a thousand head of hogs or more. It was $2,500. That is the only federal support I ever got in the hog business. And you can contrast that with corn, beans, wheat, whatever, dairy. And once the government has stepped into those industries, they just have continuing problems. We, we've we've let the pork producers lose money, and that's what stops overproduction. Now, you both know, or all three of you know, the billions of dollars that have been sent out in these MFP payments, market fac- facilitation payments, I mean billions. And we're going to have more corn and beans this fall than we ever had. Mm-hmm. So we we did not, we have not let the market work there. Okay, Ed, I'm going to give you the last question. Okay, Jay. Um, um, I, I guess I'm still kind of stuck in the same place. Um, why, can't, why can't or why won't, do you, and you may not have the answer, why can't producers form marketing blocks? Well, it's just very hard to get for Farmers are so independent, it's very hard to get them to agree on something. But that, you know, maybe that will change after this crisis. Yeah. Well, that could be one of the good good things that comes out of it. You know, it, it may spur us in that direction. Well, we would like to thank our guest for this 371st show, Tom Law, farmer and owner of Dead Poets Coffee Shop. And by the way, if you're a coffee drinker, which I'm not, but if you are, you should go visit Dead Poets. It's a great place. And it we've been talking place. about and we've been talking about COVID-19 and the disruption of the family supply, of the family, the food supply chain. 
<laughs> could be a family supply chain too. It could be. <laughs> but, but that's a different thing. <laughs> um, the history bust for today's show was Ed Broders. You can listen to ROI as it's being broadcast on Friday nights on KLAHD2. 88.5 FM and 106.1 FM in the Quad City region at 9.30 p.m. You can also listen to the show as it's being broadcast on TuneIn.com. Put KALAHD2 in the search box and look for ROI. Many of our previously recorded shows can be heard at SoundCloud.com. Just put KALA Radio, all one word, in the search, click on the first icon, and scroll down to find ROI shows. You can also find new shows on your favorite streaming platform like Spotify and iTunes. ROI is recorded at Station KALA, St. Ambrose University, 